Mickey McGuan's on the line now uh, to discuss all three codes this weekend. G'day, Mick. G'day, Matt. I don't know where we look. I know we're halfway through December, but the racing never really stops, does it? We've got the final of the Inter-Dominion Series tomorrow night. Group 1 action in the Greyhounds and a really hand it's, uh, handy card at Sandown along with some nice meetings interstate. It just doesn't stop. No, it doesn't. It's that time of the year we want to get the Christmas turkey as well, Matt. Yeah, we certainly do. Of the three codes, which one do you think will be the most profitable for us this weekend with your tips? Uh, I like the trot meeting at Melton, uh, the Inter-Dominion. When you see a race of that magnitude, your mind spirals into previous experiences, I suppose, and those indelible moments that probably live with you from a, from a young age. And I, well, I go back to 1985 with the absolute brilliant horse from Western Australia in Pro Chevalier when he was unbeaten in the series and to see 38,000 people at Mooney Valley uh, was just something to behold. And the, the horse flesh that ran around in that particular Interdom final for Paces, Village Kid and Gamalite, I think it was Gamalite's last ever race. Uh, he was in the 1-1 position with a lap to go and Pro Chevalier led and Village Kid who handed up the lead to Pro Chevalier uh, back then, there was no sprint lane, and from that point, the great horse from the West, who won just on 41 races from his 56 starts, just brought people to uh, the racetrack. But there was a standing ovation that night, something as a young person I'll never forget, and that's the reason why my interest in harness racing started way back then. Yeah, it's such a wonderful series, and I'm not sure if there's the quality that we've seen in previous Inter-Dominions, but there's certainly plenty of intrigue in tomorrow night's race. Uh, most of that is off the back of the barrier draws. Uh, question, I think, Mick, which a lot of people are answer, answering quite differently, is how do you actually expect this race to play out early on? Well, I think there is potential for a hot speed, and I think it, the clear three horses that I'm talking about here are barriers one, three, and four. Uh, I cast no shadow with Cameron Hart. It's got good gate speed, but you'd think in this race over 27.60 it'd look to hand up. Jody will be aggressive out of the gate. We know Act Now, number three, can fly the gate. Uh, it's one of the most favoured runners in the Pacers final because of its gate speed and the possibility around Melton finding the front. And I think Spirit of Saluti, who, was, who has got terrific gate speed, who's a roughie in the marketplace around the $14, I think Jack Callahan must chance his arm I think it's the only way that horse can probably win. And in saying that, if they do overdo it up front, I think David Moran with Honolulu Bay in barrier two, I don't think he'll participate in the early speed. It's flying in this series. Uh, it gets the great run in transit. And I think he becomes the horse to beat, irrespective of what happens after the uh, barrier draws away from the horses. Uh, from the back row, I think Zeus Bromack uh, uh, does look a value play around the $41 each way. It's not hopeless. It's been going terrific in the series. Mac Tan is the other one that I could entertain. They put up $12 or $13. It can win if they particularly overdo it up front. And one of the other horses that's going well in the series is number six, Expensive Vigo for Luke McCarthy. It's going really well, but I think he'll probably have to let the speed unfold and probably move to its customary role of sitting outside lead to try to win the Interdom. Paces final and have some luck, which it didn't have last year, knowing full well that it mm. lost the race on protest. So we could be really determined to go one better this year. But I think that's the race in a nutshell. It'll all depend on the first probably 150, 200 metres. And I envisage that Act Now will bully itself to the front. Uh, I think he can keep out Spirit of St. Louis. St. Louis, he'll cross I cast no shadow. 
and obviously it'll be very hard to beat, but I think with the pressure that will come, I think it sits up perfectly for Honolulu Bay to be the horse to beat. Yeah, I see it quite similar to you, Mick. I agree. I don't know if David Moran will get caught up in that battle out in front, and I think he'll be more than happy if Act now crosses, to be honest. But it will be interesting to see what happens, because... From all reports, they might be keen to, to take him on and look to lead all of the way. And I also agree with Expensive Ego. The horse has been going great. And, I, and in some ways, he's the forgotten horse, despite crossing the post first in last year's edition of the race, only to have it taken off him. What about in the Trotters? Yeah, I'm pretty keen on the horse I've been in uh, the corner of all series. And I just love uh, what she's in for, and that's Queen Leader. Even though it's got the awkward barrier draw or barrier eight, uh, but I'd probably assume that Chris Alford will track the two wherever it goes um, and if two holds up I think Queen Alerta clearly becomes the horse to beat even though Majestioso was terrific in the last heat that was back to its dominant best so I'll be really intrigued to see what happens at the start whether Johnny Justice holds the front on the Faso Metro or Majestioso crosses it then the race does change its complexion and the other one has probably been the forgotten horse of the marketplace is the Greek Sugars uh, horse in Just Believe. Uh, it's around the $460 mark in the uh, marketplace at the moment. There's no doubt this horse can win. It's flying for Greek Sugars. And once again, if there becomes a speed battle up front, the two horses that I think can get over the top and navigate through their way through the field is Queen Alita with Chris Alford or Just Believe. So I'll be backing Queen Alita and saving on Just Believe in that particular race. Yeah, she's a good mare and she's... Going to be tough to beat tomorrow night, Queen Alita, there's no doubt about that. What about the undercard at Melton tomorrow, Mick? Is there a couple of races you're keen to have a bet in? Oh, I like race three, the Tabra. Um, I'm pretty keen on Daylight at Dawn for Dave Moran. It's around 4.60. You might be able to get $5 closer to race time. And I probably want to save on Captain Wilson because I just like the barrier draw for those two horses, the way I think the race will pan out. And then in race eight, the other uh, Trotters race on the night, there's a horse on the back row, awkwardly drawn, number 13, Sundom's Courage. It's absolutely flying. And with the dropping grade, even though it took the back row, I reckon $5.50 each way represents great value. I'm expecting it to run out of its skin once again. Terrific night at Melton. It's also a terrific night at the Meadows. We've got the final of the Group 1 Silver Chief. And it does look to be a race between the two. Rejuvenate is drawn box two for Paul Brown. An Amron boy from box three for Brooke Ennis, who has been in absolutely sensational form of recent times and returned to the winner's stall at its last start. How do you see the Silver Chief tomorrow, Mick? Yeah, well, they're the best two dogs, um, as last week's times indicate. 29.49, I think by memory, Rejuvenate ran an Amron boy was 29.46. That's only a half length between them. And I reckon the box draw has made this race intriguing because you've got the inside box draw, box one, Landon Bale, who's got terrific early speed. It ran five-second first split. We know it can get 17.71 down the back, but gets a little bit weak. And the other one that could come across is the other progressive pup, uh, Deborah Coleman, in box eight, Eula Bale. Um, it's got a terrific record. It can come across, which could probably make the race for the two dogs we spoke about in Rejuvenate and Amron Boy. Now, we know that Rejuvenate had his first sight in race conditions at the Meadows, so you'd think... And he couldn't have been more impressive. So with that particular experience, you think it would be holding it in good stead. But I think the tried and true champ, Amron Boy, becomes the, the dog to beat. I reckon he'll flop to the rail. If there's any sort of opening of gaps that do open down the back straight, we know he hugs the rail. He's super strong. He had 11.80 run home time last week. That was fine tingling stuff to see him approach the line, the manner and he did. 
And if there's a roughie in the race, I reckon it's his kennel mate in Amber and Dan who can also be a little bit slow to begin. But at $20 each way uh, for Bookie Ennis, um, you'll plop out, go to the fence, and if there's any trouble into the first turn, it could be the dog that gets the lucky breaks and could sail through on the fence and be get out, getting out after one of the leaders if there's a little bit of a tangle up between the two best dogs in the race in Rejuvenate and Amron Boys. So I think it's an intriguing race. Other dogs that have been going well, Bolster Confidence, we touched on it last week. There was a racing two and it got through to the final. Triumph's been racing consistently, but you think he'll be at the back, he'll find the rail and try to run on. But I think the race does come back to Amron Boy just in front of Rejuvenate and then probably Amron Dan is my roughie at 21 dollars. Yeah, I'll be interested to see what George Ferruja has to say about that as well because I agree if there is chaos on the first turn, Amron Dan could just slot into the box seat and be in a great position, but I do also agree. I think most people who aren't directly involved with any of the other six greyhounds in the race, and I mean no disrespect to them, it'd be great to see Amron Boy and Rejuvenate 1-2 on the back straight and set up an absolutely classic finish there at the Meadows tomorrow night. What about at Sandown in the Gallops, Mick? Have you got a best bet for the listeners? Oh, I'm probably the obvious is the title importer handicap race five in the program. It's a racing two with number six, Detonator Jack, and on number seven, Green Fly, who raced against each other at Ballarat on Ballarat Cup Day when the ground became a little bit deteriorating, and that probably suited Green Fly because he got to the fast lane outside, and Johnny Allen on Detonator Jack sort of was probably three, four, five inside the outside fence and may have been in inferior ground. Um, so with the slight swing at the weights, I'm probably in the corner of Detonator Jack, but I don't want to be taking a dollar eighty-five. Um, I think he can turn the tables on last time they met. But the probably race I'm keen on, Matt, to get something out of us in is race six, the next race. I'm pretty keen on number seven, so you see. Second up, fitter. Love the engagement of Jamie Mott. Maloney stable on fire. It meets life lessons, who beat so you see last eight last start two and a half kilos for that first up defeat. Just think he can turn the tables on it. And if there's a horse I'm gonna save on, it's clearly number three Santiro. Uh, most unlucky at Packet and first up when he finished seventh, beaten just under a length and a half over the unsuitable 1,200 metres. There's no doubt this horse will strip Peter for Paddy Payne. And at $8, I think that clearly is a saver bet. Out the 1,400, second up. It wasn't a taxing return by any stretch of the imagination, even though the horse ran the fastest last 200 metres of the day. And he did that when he wasn't even let go and fully extended. So that's the race I like. I'm going to be on seven, save on three, and hopefully we get the chocolates. Good on you, Mickey. We've got to go to Hillsville. Good luck over the weekend. Take care, mate.